0: I'm Betty Stanfer and welcome to Routology Conversations, the podcast. I believe that success is living by your values. On this podcast, we share our experiences of what it feels like to be uprooted, from the most challenging times to the most inspiring moments. I'm originary from the Ivory Coast, and I've been uprooted several times throughout my life. So I have created Rhetology Conversations as a resource for people like me to feel seen, heard, and supported. Hello everybody, I'm very excited today to be here with Daniel Zama. Daniel Zama is a DCF Contractor Licensed Foster Mom. DCF stands for Department of Children and Family. She is also a VPK, Voluntary Pre-Kindergarten Director. And Danielle owns a bachelor's degree in early childhood education, a master in human services counseling, and a post-master's certificate in industrialized psychology and licensed suicide pair awareness. Thank you, Danielle, for being with us on Rhetology Conversations. Thanks for
1: having me. How are you today? How are you? I'm doing well,
0: thank you. (laughs) How about you? Doing well, doing well. well. That's exciting. Yeah. Today's topic will be about reverse cultural shock. But before we jump into it, I'd like to ask my guest, what is your happy meal? You know, the meal that makes you happy. In
1: Abidjan, Ivory Coast, because my family is from there, I would say, black that I just recently discovered. I would not fan of it until the past recent years. My family is from the south of the Ivory Coast, so it's mostly like fufu. But I discovered it lately, and I think it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., my favorite dish, I would say it's everything barbecue because I like the outdoor cooking. Everything mm. barbecue, fish, meat, sausage, burgers. But not the bur- not the fast food. But everything barbecue would be a go-to to, for me. A go-to for me.
0: Mm.
1: I love outdoors cooking.
0: So oh, this is great for people who don't know what Black Alley is. Could you describe <laughs> it for us? <laughs>
1: Um, okay, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you say it is? <laughs> I think it's cassava. I would say mm-hmm. cassava.
1: Yeah, yeah, it always makes me laugh when people are like, trying to to explain what it is to other cultures. We're yeah. talking about the fruit. So I would always say cassava. And it makes me laugh so much because we don't realize how different you can find these in other cultures like in the Jamaican cultures I live in Florida mm-hmm. so you can find it in so many cultures but in different aspects mm-hmm. so I think it's pretty funny <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. But, yeah I, so I, 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 I like to describe it as a, it's a, almost a, the texture of a polenta made with some flower cassava that has been somewhat fermented a little bit right it's a little bit sour yeah or, it's a little yeah. bit sour yeah Interesting. Tell me, where were you born and where do you live now? I was born in State College, Pennsylvania, in Centre
1: County. That will, That's the little city in uh, in Pennsylvania, a little city. It's a college student city, though. It's a college city. My parents were a student there. My dad was pursuing his PhD, my mom and mother. And be hey, your mom. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a long way to go, like on the cold winter. Mm-hmm. On fe- in February, you know, February 20th. So it was a cold winter. It's a college, it's a college seat, college life, not of foreign students. And yeah, in the country. And right now I'm living in Florida in the warm weather because I cannot take the cold weather for mm-hmm. the life of me. I really cannot take the cold weather. <laughs> uh, Florida weather is like the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. It's like being in an island because it's warm, it's all lots of beach, a lot of beaches, a uh, lot of cruises, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of different. From some other parts of the US, we love it here, even though sometimes it can be challenging at some point, cultural why, because there is so many cultures here. Mm. It's fun, it's kind of fun, you know. Yeah. So,
0: well, it's interesting because you were telling us that your parents are from the Ivory Coast and oh, right. you were born in Pennsylvania and now you're living in Florida. I'm curious about. What it means for you to be operated?
1: Oh, operated! Uh, first of all, when we in the U- when we left the US years, years, years ago, I had to get used to the Ivorian system, like with family setting, family culture, food, um, weather. Because I was coming from a cold weather, I was still a kid, and then doing my studying in Africa, in Abidjan, in a Catholic school, coming back to the U.S. as a young adult, I had to get back on track again, find another way to get, to find a job, change my educational background. Because to tell you the truth, I studied as an accountant. I was doing accounting back in Abidjan. I did an accounting. I did accounting in France. And then when I came to the U.S., I had to change everything. So that was the, Differently, a big trend for me. And then you have a language. Like you might think that you speak English, but you have uh, the accent that comes through. So leaving the U.S., coming to Abidjan, you have to learn French. <laughs> then you forget about the English. And then when you have to come back here, you have to learn English again as a young adult and get it back. And even though you learn the English in high school, you learn English in high school, the language, you still have your accent you still have your way of thinking because now you grew up in an African culture. So you have to change your mindset. You have to change your mindset. And with the schooling, with the way the assessments are being done here compared to the way the assessments are being done overseas, it's totally different, you know? So that's one of the big challenges big challenge that I had to face. I don't know. I was able to make it to grade school, got a career. I don't even get me started. I've not know how to explain it. It's just probably a craze.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, um, I, yeah.
0: Go ahead. Sorry.
1: No. It is what it is. All the yeah. way to working your way, all the way to a PhD, whatnot. But what I'm using right now, most of the thing most of the degrees that I'm using are my technical degrees, my master and everything. The other one it's mostly to help, to have the, the to have the community. It's mostly like being able to give to the community and bring the best of the people you meet. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, I'm hearing that for you, being operated is basically facing few challenges in terms of the language, the change of mindset. It's almost make me think about resiliency. You're right. I am really resilient. And sometimes I'm surprising
1: myself. I'm like, wow, you've come a long way. I am really resilient. And I think a lot of us that are living overseas, a lot of us are resilient because it does not show, but we are really like mm-hmm. trying to fit in and try to do the best we can with what we have and
0: we get it done no matter what, you know? So Daniel, tell me, how would you describe the reverse cultural shock? The
1: reverse cultural shock, how would I describe it? Mm -hmm. In both ways. The first way is leaving the US to Africa is not trying to find a different, trying to fit in a different environment. In a different environment. Trying to get acquainted with another language. Trying to get acquainted to a different family vibe different cultures, different mentality. Now, as a young adult, if you have to work as a young adult and an employee, for example, the source would be to work with people that have different habits in a workplace, different habits in a workplace. How do you fit in? How do you deal with it? You don't have the same way to operate, to, to deal with some tasks. Mm-hmm. How do you feel in? How do you deal with that? Can you handle it? Now, leaving Africa and coming to the U.S., it's mostly should I bring my African background to the U.S., or should I leave it to the side and just keep it to my house, or can I share it Why taking the risk of having people judging me from who I am? Because mm-hmm. when you get to another country, they really want you to try to fit in. So how do I balance it? Even if I'm, even if I have my background, how do I balance it? So people don't think like I'm not trying to fit in, that I'm respecting their culture and everything. Going back to Africa, to Abidjan, how do I balance it that I've been living so, for so many years abroad, Mm -hmm. but I still have a little bit of my African culture. How do I balance it? Mm -hmm. How do not, how do I, do I make a mix out of it? it gets the best out of both cultures. That's the main call that we have to push. Take the best out of both cultures, whether it's in Europe, whether it's in the U.S. or North America, whether it's everywhere in Africa. We have to find the perfect balance. You don't have to, yeah, you don't have to deny your African background. Mm -hmm. You don't have to deny the culture of the country you are living in as well. Because you're living in a country. It's like when you go to a house, you don't bring your own rules to a house. You have to respect the rules of a house, and especially for me, who is an American native. I'm like, I'm American. But in the meantime, I have to think okay, I'm American. Yes, I was born here. Yes, I spent some time in the US. Yes. But I have an African heritage. Do I manage not to lose it? Because I grew up there until my young, you know, young adult age. How I manage to not lose what I learned, so it is important, and I believe it's a tr- it's something to be treasure as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something to be treasure as well to have different backgrounds. Um.
0: You're you're right there. I think as uh, some of the challenge uprooted people faces are mainly that duality between two or more cultures and okay. it's and you said something that is true is that you don't want to lose or abandon one culture while trying to fit in another culture. Absolutely. Um, and and you use the term fit in, which I think is the first things we try to do when we go to a different place is try to fit in. And sometimes you know, my take on that is that if we are facing some difficulties in fitting fitting in, maybe it's because we don't belong. And that's some of the some of the, 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 oh,
1: the challenges. Sense, the, sense of, the sense of belonging is very strong at some point. The sense yeah. of, the, yeah, it's very strong at this point. I mean, if you go to every school, they talk about inclusion. Mm-hmm. They talk about how they want every culture to be welcomed. They train the teachers to learn how to welcome a child from a different culture. How to welcome a child with ESL? Mm-hmm. How to welcome a child who might be gifted, but because it does not speak the language, he's having academic difficulties. There is so many things to consider with the concept of uprooted. Mm-hmm. You, I see little kids coming from South America being totally uprooted. They don't know how they can, you know, if they can have a successful academic year. So that is it's such a deep topic. Now we are African and we are resilient. So how do we go about it? People don't really know little about the African culture, especially in the US. They know most about the English part of Africa, maybe like Ghana, Nigeria, South Africa, Kenya, the East part, or like the English. Part of West Africa and South America and Asia, India, China, Japan, Korea, Lebanese, Jewish community is very strong, especially here in Florida. Hmm. But they know little about French speakers and especially more, especially little little about Africa. Hmm. So, what you do is you want to get people to know where you are from. You want people to know your culture. You want people to know what you like. You asked me a question in the beginning of the interview, like, what is your favorite dish? What is your go-to meal? Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that people like to share. It breaks ice. Mm-hmm. eyes. It makes you feel good about your culture. And you see, I started by my African heritage. Say, okay, this is what I like. And then I followed up with my American heritage. I'm currently living in the U.S. because I have this sense of sharing what people don't know. This urge of sharing that people don't know about Africa, like the good parts,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the interesting parts, the touristic parts. In fact, I would do the same thing. If I go to, to, to another country, I will share the good part about the U.S. is not only the gun control and all this stuff, no, people are scared. Especially when they come to the U.S., especially when they are uprooted. they're scared. Do we have enough? A lot of violence in the U.S. Are we gonna fit in? Am I gonna be able to speak a current English? What or what is it gonna be economically? Is what are the challenges I'm gonna I'm gonna meet when I once I get there? So many questions. The same thing when we leave here to go to Africa. Is it gonna be easy for me to relocate? Am I gonna be able to deal with the mentality of my of the, my people there? How will I handle it?
0: So, yeah, yeah, and it's good that you talk about it because when I think about reverse cultural shock, I think about someone that was that was living in a different country, for instance, and has to go back to the original country. And so in my mind, what I have seen many times is that we usually prepare for the cultural shock to a new country, and we rarely prepare for the reverse cultural shock when we go back after a while mm-hmm. in our home country. And that's where it's it becomes tricky because During that time where we were out, we changed. We were exposed to, like you said, different cultures, different mentalities. We evolved a certain way. And then we go back and we have to readjust to the place we thought we knew that well. And we just realized, oh, it may be different. (laughs) Yes, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Our generation, we have come to a point where we're thinking, you know what? If I go back to my country, just to retire and just enjoy life, not to be looking for a job, not to be stressed out, because I already work hard overseas. I want to go back and look for a new job. I just want to go back and rest. Some people think that some others will be like, okay, I want to go back, have a good salary, and make it happen. Some will be okay. I don't think the salary there recover. We cover my recover what I'm making here so what, what whether I stay here for the whole time and I just covering vacation and I just retire in the US or somewhere in Africa will be ah you know what if I can only leave Africa and go to 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 the United States or anything I promise I am ever 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 going back mm-hmm. but they end up coming back to, 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 to the culture because there is no place like home. It's just the way of doing it, the proper way of doing it and the right feeling, the right setting, the right time. And there is no better place to to live, just the place where you can be fulfilled and do the best you can with the life you created for yourself. So,
0: Yeah, live the life you created for yourself. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. You like to create a
1: love for yourself, a, a lifestyle for yourself and enjoy life to the fullest. That will help you, you know, reverse cultural shock, like in a better way. You won't even feel it. Like it, it, it won't even be that, you know, aggressive or anything, anything like it's supposed to be. It will be like, something easy to manage so
0: what would you say that you need like other maybe correct your strength you will need to to go through the cultural shock easily you mentioned you know live your life for yourself what else having oh you also mentioned having an open mindset Uh, what else would you say could help someone go through the cultural shock in an easier way?
1: Humility. Humility. Don't think that because you live abroad, you know better than everybody else who lives back home. Because mm-hmm. they're growing too, and they are learning. Some of them might know more than you think. Humility too, because don't think that because somebody is coming from overseas, they have everything to learn from you. Mm-hmm. Humility. It's all about a perfect balance. Take what is good from both ways and create create a a safe lifestyle. That is important because believe me or not, back home, some people are not keen of helping others, helping others, trying their best to come back. Some people are just like that because they don't want to lose their market. They don't want to lose like their comfort zone. Like, oh, you guys are, you guys left us, you guys went overseas, and you're getting our market, everything. Some of them, are, so some some of the people that stay home are not keen on that. Mm-hmm. Like, they must be comfortable with somebody coming from overseas and say, okay, I got that job, and you've been working, studying for years and years back home, and you don't get it just because you don't go abroad. They are not. Of course, it's it's irritating, it's frustrating, of course. So yeah, I'm not keen of it. So it's all about a balance, humility, both ways.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Humility is, is a great a great value to have, I would say. And uh, I like to add to that curiosity also helps quite a bit. Go with the eyes of a child. Be curious about your environment. And, and you said something that was, that was true for me as well. It was to share your culture with others. You know, sometimes when we try to fit in, we have a tendency to erase who, you, who we are and just embrace the other culture. And at some point when we do, that's when we got really disconnected. So be there, share your experience with others Mm -hmm. in that curiosity mindset, and people will connect because they will learn to learn to know you, basically, and you will share your experiences, you share some of the common values you have. Exactly. Exactly. And when we do that, people see you as a person, not as a stranger or someone, but as an other person that has similar values or strengths as we do, and and we can connect at some level.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, we are almost at the end of our interview today. It was such a pleasure to exchange with you, and some of my takeaway from today is Live the life for yourself, be humble, have an open mind, spirit, and be willing anything. to learn. <laughs> yeah, be willing to learn uh, what you thought you knew. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's uh, the story of resiliency somewhere. Yeah, it's you the know. story
1: of resiliency. I totally agree. I totally agree. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay, thank you so much, Danielle, for participating in our podcast episode today of pathology conversations. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to contact Danielle, you can reach her at DK Family Care by phone at 786-383-4667. DK Family Care provides emotional, spiritual, and psychological support to children and families facing difficulties. Thank you very much, and bye. Bye Bye-bye. If you have enjoyed this podcast and want to have more intimate discussions like this with other uprooted individuals, go ahead and join my free discussion groups by signing up on my website, BettyStanfer.com. You will receive an invitation and a zoom link to join our next discussion group wherever you are in the world if you haven't yet please subscribe rate and review this podcast stay tuned for our next rhodology conversation thank you so much for listening